0: Coming up this week, off screen.
1: Those fantastic beasts return to do some crimes of Grindelwald.
0: Luca Guadagnino takes us back to Suspiria.
1: You're either dead in a week or you get your money back.
0: We see what's coming out of the workshop.
1: Pay a visit to Hellfest.
0: Get the price of everything.
1: And get lost in Siberia.
0: All those coming more off screen. This is this is off screen. Off screen. Off screen. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the Movie Marker Radio Show and Podcast. Ooh, welcome to Offscreen. I'm Van Connor. I'm Kelly Needham. Welcome back, Ms Needham. Thank Another me. week of film fun behind us, uh, did,
1: and some not so fun.
0: Did you Did you get to see any film films this week?
1: I didn't, but I did watch Crazy Rich Asians.
0: Ah, yes, I watched it as well this, this Very past week. With that. Um, did you Did you love?
1: I loved.
0: It's so good, isn't I it? I think
1: I might watch it again.
0: I I, I did wind up watching it twice. On <laughs> other <ones>.
1: I'm, not <laughs> I'm not gonna surprised. lie.
0: Uh, quick question though: mm. who, who for you is the is the 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 scene stealer out of Crazy Rich Asians? How? Who have you narrowed it down to?
1: Oh. Everyone's got an answer. It's probably Aquafina.
0: You think Okafina? Yeah. That's ex- I kept picking someone, and then mm. someone else, someone new would be introduced, and they would do an even better job. And it just the film just kept getting mounted. Yeah. on. It's really great. It's true. Like Jimmy Yang. Who did that, he play? He was the guy who threw the actual bachelor party on the uh, uh, on the oh, mental. Oh yeah.
1: no, I hate him. Really, I
0: love that guy. No. Oh, I love him. The so main much. guy
1: though, the the crazy rich boyfriend. He
0: hot. Oh, Henry Golding. He is. Hot. Yeah, he, he really does have that. Ent- he has that sort of quintessential disney prince asian prince charming look totally like you could see him having like been cast as the uh the the the, the actual fairy tale prince in something totally totally would happen yes but also and
1: he should be hint
0: just putting out there as well not a bad idea for a batman just saying not a bad idea for a batman
1: i like that
0: because i don't think anyone would complain would they i wouldn't He'd be
1: awesome. And I'm all that matters.
0: So before we get to uh, the Box Office Top 5, the film news, the film reviews, all the usual fun, we've got to start with a piece of, of news this week. Do
1: we have to?
0: And it's a sad one, isn't it?
1: It's really sad.
0: So Stan Lee has, has left us.
1: No, Excelsior.
0: Oh, I was destroyed by this. I, I just didn't speak to anyone for about 15 minutes.
1: It's one of those things where you've known it's been coming for about 15 years. Yeah. But... That, you still you think never that, expected don't it
0: and over the last year as well because there's been all those stories about like how he's been mishandled by like a carer or like a trustee yeah. or something and
1: once his wife has gone as well you yeah. kind of thought that's it that's that's gonna do him in
0: and i felt really felt really bad this last year it's like no. what don't let stanley go out having to go through all this first but uh <sighs> alas stanley has departed he um what can we oh, He's just an icon, isn't he? He's,
1: he is. Like the I driving
0: it, force behind so much of what we love.
1: And I think, you know, I'm sure that a lot of kind of comic book aficionados would be annoyed by uh, it, but the fact that he's been in all the Marvel films meant that the mainstream <laughs> population now knew who he was as well, you know, and they would even play the game to a certain extent of spot, him, spot his cameos.
0: Exactly. Do you know what Bill Finger looks like? No. Nobody knows who, <laughs> who Bill, F- what Bill Finger looks like. Al Ween. Who? Yeah, exactly. No one knows
1: exactly, but they but, knew Stanley. Uh,
0: they knew Stanley. Damn it! And also, I love the fact that Stanley just looked exactly the same from about 1965 to now. You know, with the yes. sort of, the indoor sunglasses, the jumper, the, the 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 shirt underneath. He just didn't change his Called entire branding, look. Ben. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know <laughs> that branding was brilliant.
1: It was. But uh, now,
0: for me, it was uh, it was a loss. Alongside, for instance, like Walt Disney or Steve Jobs.
1: I think it's going to be a hole that's felt, particularly as as the films continue to come out. Mm.
0: He did film, incidentally, uh, a couple of his upcoming cameos before he, before he passed. What's
1: he going to be in then?
0: Uh, so he is going to be in Captain Marvel.
1: Yay! And he is going to
0: be in Avengers Infinity War Yay. Part 2. And considering that that movie is meant to be the sort of signature end chapter yeah. of this part of the story... It's it's quite fitting, it's quite fitting right? isn't it, that yeah. it would it would be you know you can end that one cut to fade to black you know, in loving memory of Stanley mm. hashtag Excelsior you of know. course yeah of course but very uh, well a, Stan that's a great memorial to him I think
1: yeah
0: I really hope it's an amazing cameo in that movie though
1: well I think no matter what I think it will be because well. I think it'll mean something to everyone
0: I liked it when they started making his cameos have some sort of poignancy or or narrative like like, is it spider-man 3 when he turns up and he tells like peter parker i guess one man really can make a difference
1: yes he started to actually sort of interact more
0: yeah he was actually relevant to the story in a very weird way he's like I loved how earnest he played it as well.
1: Yeah. Oh, bless him.
0: I mean, then you look at something like uh, his Spider Man Homecoming one, where it's a gag cameo kind of thing. Yeah. It's just him hitting on a neighbor. Yeah, I love that.
1: I love that too. I love them all.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, Fairly well, Stanley. Thanks yes. for basically all my childhood. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much him and George Lucas for my childhood, really, I think.
1: George is still
0: around. And George is still around. He's going to be kicking around for a while. He is. He's only what? About, about 60, isn't he, George? Yeah,
1: something like yeah. that.
0: So uh, we should plug the podcast edition, um, which you know now goes out on Spotify, Woo. goes out on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on, I don't know, there's not an Android podcast, is there? But there is, like, Downcast and apps like that. Uh, we're on TuneIn. We're on. ACAST Deezer? We're on Deezer we're on stop stop queuing me <laughs> <laughs> anyway so extended podcasters can be found online uh, so in the meanwhile we should get to our first review of the week
1: what's it going to be I think Suspiria
0: Suspiria indeed so <laughs> you've got the original 1977 Suspiria did, did you ever see Suspiria no I did not right Suspiria is one of those films that I think it, if my sort of education level of film my mm. sort of fandom of film so yep. I'm not just about like a fandom of film. The way I got into it and sort of worked my way through film is anything relevant to sort of normal for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suspiria is the film you sort of come into about three years into it when you start experimenting with 70s horror. Okay. Yeah, and that's when I watched Suspiria. I was about 14 at the time.
1: I'm sure you were the prime audience as well.
0: Yeah, I remember just thinking yeah, it's kind of hot, it's a bit mental, it's it's bonkers. It looks like that Doctor Strange pilot from the 70s, but uh, <laughs> it it's instantly iconic. Mm-hmm. So,
1: I definitely heard of it, but it was one of them I still did, I had no idea what it was. Yeah, I just heard because it's a weird word.
0: <laughs> I think, uh, what well, is the name of place within the story?
1: Is it? Is that what it is?
0: It, it is. So this is, this has is now been remade by Luca Guadagnino. Mm-hmm. Say so
1: that three times when drunk.
0: And if Luca Guadagnino is going to do something, it's because Luca Guadagnino, see what I did there? <laughs> it's because Luca Guadagnino clearly believes in it. Because you mm-hmm. look at the films Luca Guadagnino has made, most notably, Call Me By Your Name. He has then turned this around in about a year, about eight, uh, 18 months, so. So you sort of think, okay, so this obviously was in development and then they sort of just hired him and they've hired him in a workmanlike capacity, but he's come along as an actual auteur. Mm-hmm. And yes, that's the film you get. You get Luca Guadagnino's remake of Suspiria. Okay. Embedded to the story level. So, unless he's the world's quickest writer, I have no idea how he's pulled this off. It stars Dakota Johnson as a young American girl who uh, uh, auditions for and is accepted into an elite dance school in uh, Cold War era Berlin. Uh, It is a dance school run by Tilda Swinton and several other women of of a similar age, um, all of whom are witches. Of course, they are. They're witches and that's uh, where they hang out and they're using this dance school as a cover (laughs) to uh, just one of those things that when you say it out loud you realize how insane it (laughs) (laughs) sounds you accept it as you're watching it these witches are using the dance school as a front because it gives them access to young women who can choreograph these elaborate scenes which are in fact visual uh, visually enacted physical spells
1: oh okay
0: And that's how they summon their power.
1: Right, yeah.
0: And there's a Dark Lord-type figure who they're trying to... A Dark Lord-sort of mother-type figure who they're trying to appease, and she feeds into the arrival of their new recruit, but quite how is something of the mystery, and what some of the students know and what they don't is also part of the fun, and there's a few deaths and a lot of gore and and some really spectacular body horror. Hmm. Um, Here's a clip. When you dance the dance of another... You make yourself in the image of its creator. You empty yourself so that her work can live within you. Do you understand? Yeah. You're in a company now. You have to find your right place. You have to decide. What is it you want to be for this company? Is it the head? The spine? The sex?
1: The heart? The hands. I want to be this company's hands.
0: Yeah, so this really uh, this really goes for it. Mm. What it's going for, I couldn't possibly tell you. Oh, good. But it goes there.
1: And, and you've seen the thing, right?
0: Uh, oh, the thing that's in the press thing. <laughs> the thing that's in the press thing that's meant to be a, a spoiler thing, that's actually meant to be a surprise when it happens thing. Actually does work, although the fact that it has been spoiled in the press means that you watch the film and then see the thing and go, oh, of course it's the thing. How That's was the it thing. not? How, the thing. Was anyone not going to realise that that was the thing when the thing was unveiled? Anyway. Maybe
1: if you didn't know about the thing.
0: Okay, so don't look up the thing. So if you thing. don't
1: know the thing, don't look don't up look the it thing. Up.
0: But if you know the thing about one of the characters is then it's not, you're going to wonder why it was ever a surprise because it's quite visible.
1: Mm. Anyway. Anyway, back, back to the review. The
0: so Luca Guadagnino um, has Who? made, Luca Guadagnino, <laughs> Luca Guadouin, no. Um, Hello. So Luca Guadagnino has made a genuinely, visually terrific and arresting and all-encompassing, just Brilliant spectacle of a film. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, there's overlap between this and something like Climax. I know that they're very different genres of films and very different kinds of things, but it, there's, there's some overlap there. And I kind of liked mm-hmm. that that weird, ethereal, other other of it. Yeah. In the case of this, it's because it's more of a supernatural thing. In the case of Climax, it was because of LSD. But you know, two very Same different, def. very different things. Mm-hmm. But of course, the dance troupe element sort of you know, it lends itself to it, and they're both mm-hmm. very heavily stylized films. This is more stylized. This is more Dario Argento. This Mm is more 70s Italian horror. And it turns out that if you give that to, you know, a millennial era, I mean, I'm not sure if the man himself is a millennial, but a millennial era auteur and say, do 70s horror, it turns out that what he actually gives you is goddamn wonderful to witness.
1: Is it, is it one of those where it looks like it could be in the 70s?
0: Yes, because it's, it, I mean, it's set way back when it well, It's set in the Cold War. But
1: it, does it have that kind of... Uh, like I always call it the sepia tone. Oh, the but grain you,
0: effect. Yeah, the that, yeah. of, does
1: it have that? Uh, there's, or a is a little, it... there's a
0: little bit of the grain effect yeah. to it, but okay. for the most part, it's played straight. Uh, so great cast in there, so Tilda Swinton is in there. Um, <laughs> uh, just, Tilda Swinton is great. When is Tilda Swinton ever not great? Um, and obviously giving her a director like Luca Guadagnino to work with mm-hmm. is, you know, no one says Luca Guadagnino to that. <laughs> so you see what I did see what there? See oh, did
1: yeah. there.
0: Um, now, Dakota Johnson, of course, is the female lead. And it turns out that if what you want is a performance of a plank of wood, getting an actress who is incredibly wooden turns out to be a really good idea. Because it She's does work.
1: found her she, niche.
0: She has found her niche. She works here. She she does. She work, absolutely works yeah, in it's this.
1: It's got to work
0: once. Um, exactly. And then, of course, there's, for instance, Chloe Moretz. Who is works. she in it? She is in this.
1: They speaking. have avoided trailers as much as possible. She speaks
0: a lot of German. Yeah. And uh, it turns out that, no, Chloe Moretz cannot convincingly play a human in German either.
1: Is she meant to be German?
0: I think so. I can't remember offhand. I think so. Um, Also, there's Mia Goth in there, who I was a big fan of in uh, that Dane DeHaan horror movie like 18 months ago. Uh,
1: Cure for Wellness.
0: Cure for Wellness. I thought she was really good in that. She's really good here as well. Like Mia Goth. She's creepy. She is creepy. She's brilliant with it. She's weaponized creepiness. Mm, it's terrific. Excellent. Um the film though not one if you're looking for complete narrative coherence, if we're honest. No. If that's typically an, what
1: I look for, I'll be honest. Yeah,
0: if you want an A to B to C story, this might not be for you.
1: Do do you at least get somewhere?
0: Yes. You get somewhere. You get somewhere in a Ben Wheatley sense of somewhere.
1: Oh, see, I was just going to say, I always think of Kill List in these occasions. (laughs) And if it's anything like Kill List, I have no interest whatsoever. Little
0: bit. Little Uh... bit like Kill List. Little bit. Not going to lie. You kill this. But th- this thing takes a turn at one point to full blown Cronenbergian body horror, and it is amazing. Some of the imagery in this mm-hmm. is all time and stuff. Okay. Like, if, it could seriously, genuinely be one of the best remakes of any movie ever.
1: So, if, if someone's seen the, original, if you've seen the original, it's well worth watching this Oh, skill. yeah,
0: yeah, because it's just a, a, another great version of what was already a great movie. Okay. It'll, albeit for, you know, not for narrative reasons. Mm. Very good. But uh, yeah, so I'm Suspiria, if you're a fan, check it out. If you're not a fan, you want something a little weird, check it out anyway. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen the Movie Marker Radio Show and Podcast. And we're back, Ms. Needham. Excellent.
1: So, I'm still here.
0: Shall we? Uh, Shall we talk about the workshop then?
1: Before that, should we just hit on the competition?
0: Oh yes, of course. The ident music that yes. we use every week is is randomised, and if you can guess all three themes um, from each episode each week, just just uh, tweet in uh, what what you think they are. Just put like just tweet it to at movie Marker and just put like hashtag off screen or something on there. We'll find And it. Uh, once a month, we're going to give out a DVD. And it could be anything Oh no, sorry, no, we're gonna send them out once a month, but they're gonna be for every week. Every week gets a different winner. That's what it Excellent. is. I just didn't want to make four post office trips. That's what Lazy. It was. Yeah. So um, the workshop then, which is new movie by uh, Laurent Cante. Mm-hmm. Um, this is um, this is set in a small seaside town in the south of France. I think it is actually written down. It's La I am not even attempting to pronounce that. Go
1: go on treat us.
0: C- oh yeah, of cool. course. In La Ciotat, a town near Marseille.
1: There are people screaming at their phones yeah, or whatever sure. they're listening to this show. I, I on am right absolutely
0: now. sure. To hell with you, <laughs> non-French speaking film critic. <laughs> um, so this is a small seaside town that's fallen on relative hard times mm-hmm. because the shipping uh, industry that sort of used to run the town yep. has sort of moved away 25 years earlier. Um, in this, we, we are... We're, Get uh, over it. I, well, we are introduced <laughs> to our central... Camera. Well, this becomes a thing because obviously there is economic... Uh, there's Economic downturn going through the community and this feeds into our central characters mm-hmm. philosophy our central character is a young summer school film student okay who is beginning to lean towards and become seduced by uh far right-wing nationalism Ooh. and yeah i mean spot the topicality yeah. In there, if you will, starting to be succumbed by more xenophobic philosophies, mm. more us versus them mentalities, and it is about the relationship that forms between both he and his his actual film teacher. Uh, sorry, it's a screenwriting class, not a, a film. It's a screenwriting okay. class, yeah. and his uh, his lecturer who starts to uh, realize what is going on with him and basically wants to get to the bottom of how she can actually reach him and potentially turn him around. It's really good. Okay. I, I, I went into this thinking, oh, this will be, at best, you know, a fairly a quiet, you know, well-intentioned, pacey drama. And no, it went there. It went there in a very we need to talk about Kevin way.
1: Oh, interesting. But
0: because so much of it is uh, more signposted than... Because the, obviously the whole thing with we need to talk about Kevin is that it's re- it's relatively... Out of the blue, yes. The inciting incident. This is about that inciting incident being laid out. in stages before you as you see this kid go, Anakin uh, Skywalker. I see. You know, get so more get of the journey rather it. than yeah. And how sympathetic he makes this mm. seduction by effectively nationalism and. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great <sighs> performance by Matthew Lucci. Uh, Marina Foire plays uh, the teacher, and both, I think, are great. I think uh, uh, Matthew Lucci, though, I think has got, obviously, the showier role. Mm. And it is it is Ezra Miller in, we need to talk about Kevin, it's that caliber of role. Yeah. The only thing is, of course, you know we've not got a Tilda Swinton here.
1: We always need a Tilda
0: Swinton. You always need a Tilda Swinton. If you're going to make that relatively thankless role anything other than that, Mm. it's going to take someone who's got, I can leap beyond the screen appeal. Yeah. That way, Tilda Swinton has of absolutely getting your skin to crawl. Yeah. She's good at that. Yeah, she's good. She's
1: very multi-skilled, I'd say.
0: She is. She is.
1: Is this in French then, or it is? Yes, yes. it is. En français.
0: It is en français, and uh, I mean, I just thought it was great. I was really d- drawn in by. I was really hooked, and uh, it, definitely his storyline, the, the storyline from his perspective, is more interesting than hers mm-hmm. uh, because obviously we're shown a lot with him that we then have to watch her uncover. Right. And it's it feels laboured. It's the Columbo problem. You know when you know who the murderer, uh, murderer is. Yeah. Watching Columbo realizing who the murderer is yeah. is not quite as fun.
1: They're the worst episodes of Criminal Minds.
0: Yes, yes, they are. They are mm. anyway.
1: But back to the French. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not that I couldn't talk about Matthew Gray Gubler all day. He's he's a charming fellow. Seems like a nice lad.
1: Told Shamar more anyway. But, move uh,
0: on. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I've not. You know, I've not watched any of his uh, his remake of SWAT.
1: I, John, and I watched about three episodes, and we just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah.
0: Oh, fair enough. Fair we enough.
1: really couldn't. But. So
0: yeah, so go and see the woodshop, the, the wood shop, the, the, workshop, workshop, the workshop if workshop. you can. And uh, I think that's uh, a on release as well. It so sounds
1: like it probably would be
0: really good, though. Really, really good. Um, can almost imagine a sort of uh, low budget English language remake happening for this. Okay. Can sort of see that happening. But,
1: there you so. go, be the cool one and see it in its original yeah, French. Yeah,
0: because The Upside is coming in the next couple of months. Of course. So forget about that. That's obviously the remake of uh, Intouchable in or untouchable It or had about three
1: Yeah, indeed.
0: So, give me some film news then to tie me over to the next review. What you got for Very in this Very
1: upsetting film news right now.
0: Okay, Stan Lee hasn't died again, has he?
1: It's it's. Some might say this is more upsetting, and I would say they're insensitive people. But anyway. Okay. Uh, the new Mary Poppins, Emily Blunt. You know, yep, she's yep. going to do her thing as Mary Poppins. Super, Supercalifragilisque Eswelidosius. Yes. That's my Lucha Luca Guadagnino. Uh, I'm surprised she it didn't gonna end be in that it? With
0: Nando's, but. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. So is not going to be part of the new it film. It will
1: not be part of the new film. Huh? And, okay. and and the, the reasoning is something around, you know, they want people to make connections with this film, with the, with the previous, but they don't want it to be too on the nose.
0: I get that, because I don't know about you, but when we, because you and I saw Mamma Mia 2 together, didn't we? We did, and for, for me, Yeah, well, for me, actually, the parts that really sucked in uh, Mamma Mia 2, mm. other than the guy they had playing young Colin Firth, <laughs>
1: Don't mention uh, him to
0: me. But the part that really sort of didn't work for me is when they actually did songs that they had already done in the first yes. movie. And you're like, what? Hang on a minute.
1: We don't. We paid need the fifteen again.
0: quid to get in. I mean, come on, give us some new spin, man. To be
1: fair, though, they they had used all the ones that people knew, so they you know they had to chuck a few of them in the sequel as well. Otherwise, it would have all been random songs that could have been anyone.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like having part two of a bon jovi musical like some point you've got to chuck in real life and someday i'll be saturday night you yeah know? I mean, yeah true, true. The classics true. That's, but that's yeah i, sure I think the
1: thing is though is that people keep forgetting that this is actually a sequel
0: yes that's the thing it it's is, not
1: it? mary poppins remade
0: it's no a no, no it is because it's like 20 30 years later or something yeah and, it's something
1: like that but it's called mary poppins returns right
0: well exactly i just thought and that that's gonna in be it. in
1: it so well, get over yourself
0: yeah what, are you too good for Mary Poppins? Suck it up, man. Yeah. Do it for the pops. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I just confess, by the way? Yeah. I, uh, you know. I really fancy Emily Blunt as Mary Poppins.
1: Really? Oh, I, I really do. I, I should have known that. I,
0: I just I just really do. And it's, I, I find it distracting in it's the that trailer. that prim and
1: proper thing.
0: I feel like it's something I'm going to need to work on within myself to overcome before I see that movie. Yeah. Because I feel like it could ruin that movie for me. Yeah. So yeah. So I yeah. I'd so feel like I need to do some, type, some kind of like Emily Blunt detox. Or...
1: I can think of so. I'll think of a way to do it.
0: <laughs> is there a way to like overdose? Maybe at Emily just Blunt?
1: like play that scene over and over again in *Devil Wears Prada* where she's sick.
0: Oh yeah.
1: You know, I'm not looking at but I mean, she still looks fantastic, but God, why it's Emily wasn't Blunt,
0: she Black Widow. Anyway.
1: Anyway, um, okay. quick Next bit of news before. on Lance Reddick.
0: Oh yeah, Lance Reddick. I like Lance Reddick. You do. He is the concierge in *John Wick*. That's yes. the guy.
1: He has joined the extended cast of the upcoming Godzilla vs. Kong movie.
0: Nice!
1: So, yeah, there's, there's about a billion people, including one of my favourites, Alexander Skarsgård.
0: Oh, yes, yes, I'm uh, Millie her.
1: Bobby Brown, we've got Rebecca Hall, Brian Tyree Henry, hmm. Sean Aguri. A lot of these people I've never heard of. But, yeah, so uh, Lance Reddick's going to join. Doesn't say who has. I, I I'm there we go.
0: I could be excited anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to these movies. I, I really am because I expected Kong Skull Island to be rubbish.
1: I loved Skull I Island. Loved it. Yeah. I think
0: like we weren't terribly surprised when Godzilla didn't turn out to be great. Yes. But at least it was well made. And then
1: it was I though. It know, was I. It was It wasn't
0: bad, was it? It was like no. I. You yeah. know. <laughs> and then they made Kong Skull Island's second chapter, which turns out to be awesome. Yeah. And then, of course, like Godzilla Two's to come, that by all accounts is a huge step up, and apparently a lot more of a genre film. There you go. Uh, a bit pulpier, I think, from is the tone they're going for. I, I'm looking forward to that. Me too. And the idea of them actually then doing a monster movie Avengers is just brilliant to me. I love the fact that we live in an age in which this happens. But.
1: I just hope that they get the the beast from. Um... Rampage to join them,
0: <laughs> <laughs> George. You, yeah. want, you just want George, don't basically. You? Okay, so what do I have to talk about now? Isn't let's it?
1: talk about Siberia. I'm sorry to do this. Oh God, but let's yes. talk about okay. it. Well, we've Siberia. not got we've not
0: got long in this block, so we'll talk about it quickly anyway. Yeah. So, um, about two months, uh, sorry, about uh, six uh, six to eight months ago, Kiana starred in two movies that got released internationally around the same time. Mm-hmm. One was that movie with Winona Ryder, Destination Wedding. Mm-hmm. The other one was this. Mm-hmm. The thing is, Kiana. Keanu Reeves was between John Wick movies at the time. So because he's Keanu Reeves, he just wanders from one movie to the next, looking exactly the same and changing nothing about his performance. So what this meant was, between John Wick 2 and John Wick 3, there are two movies in existence in which John Wick has a (laughs) rom-com and John Wick goes to (laughs) Siberia to sell some diamonds. This is the latter. He is is a widowed diamond salesman (laughs) Who looks like John Wick and yeah. sounds and behaves and moves like John Wick? Who goes to Siberia in search of his partner, who has disappeared with the uh, a package of rare blue diamonds that they're supposed to be selling? He goes in search. He falls in love with. Uh, uh, well, they so start a torrid affair with a local a uh, uh, coffee coffee shop or sort of bar owner, mm-hmm. and uh, they embark on this torrid affair. Say, and and in the meanwhile, his more illicit parts of his life his criminal darker roots begin to burrow their way to the surface and here's a clip that's going to sum up exactly what this movie is for you I need to go out for a couple of hours will you be okay
1: you flew me all the way out here to sit alone
0: in your hotel room I need to go appease a man the man who is expecting a dozen diamonds but only receiving one Where? I'll be back in a couple of hours. Did that get you pumped in any way for this movie?
1: I literally fell asleep.
0: Right. Um. It's a bad movie. Ugh. It's a bad movie. It's got Keanu Reeves in full-blown... Like, that what you just heard is... You remember
1: when, is that the exciting bit?
0: That's about right, to be honest. Do you remember when uh, they remade The Day the Earth Stood Still and they stuck Keanu Reeves in it as, as mm. Klaatu the robot or whatever? <laughs> and, and, he's, and he looks like just Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. Yeah. But he's doing a sort of automated robotic version of Keanu Reeves in The Matrix's performance.
1: And can get more robotic?
0: Yeah, it turns out he can. This is his robotic version of John Wick.
1: Even that music was Oh, ugh. it's really
0: bad. Anna Laru, I thought, had some some genuine sparkle to her, but the problem is she's in a really, really terrible movie, starring opposite an actor who quite clearly was just in the neighbourhood, had two <laughs> weeks to spare and really wanted three mil. Hard yeah, cu- three right. mil hard currency in a in a shoebox. One of those kind of films. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. It's not great, Kel although it's got what's his name the, the, he always plays the the token russian terrorist in a lot of movies and like 24 if you watch like a season of 24 you mm-hmm. can be guaranteed this man will turn up as like some russian crime boss or something where is he he's gone i, I can't find him on well, the IMDb listing oh man russian man i really like that guy oh oh Pasha Lynchnikov.
1: Oh, of course. Yes, Pasha, Pasha Lynchnikov. Lynch-Nikov. No he's idea. one of
0: those. If you saw, he was like, "Oh, it's that guy from that thing."
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, he was the villain in that director DVD uh, John Cena movie. Which one? I don't know. All of them.
1: All of them. <laughs> and know. any of
0: them. Oh, and remember when he fought Steve Austin? Yeah. And then and then Triple H. Yeah. That he guy. Plays the villain in all those movies. Him. I like him. He's in this, and he's very very good. But it's still not worth seeing. Oh no, God no! Don't see it. With the latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the Movie Marker radio show and podcast. Ooh, welcome back, Ms. Needham. So. Well, thank you very much. Top five time?
1: Yeah, I'll go on then.
0: Number five.
1: The Nutcracker and the Four Realms.
0: Why are you going all fairy tale with it? As well, well?
1: I, I almost did it in that annoying voice that Kira Knightley does in the film. The Nutcracker. But... The Nutcracker
0: and the Four <laughs> Realms. I didn't mind the Nutcracker and the Four Realms. I was talking to uh, Josh, as the, the the showbiz kid from Talk Radio. But, you know, I'm, you know, he's like five years old next to me. But, mm-hmm.
1: uh, <laughs> most of us are.
0: Yeah. But, uh, he's, uh, he did the, the junket. We were talking about he done the junket for, uh, for the Nutcracker. And uh, we were just talking about it in line for, uh, 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 Fantastic Beasts last night. And, um, we're saying it's not an amazing film, but it gets the job done. It's a nuts and bolts, you know, Disney live action fairy tale thing. Not all of these things are going to be A grade material. You
1: need some rubbish ones, though, that you, you need... can put on in the background, like on Christmas Day when everyone's, yeah. you know, chatting.
0: That's the thing. Some of these need to be just fine. Yeah. Just fine. You know what? If the worst we get out of them is Maleficent, then great. You know, yeah. some of these can be just fine yeah. and unnecessarily graphic for a children's film, which is Maleficent, not this one. We'll move on. But uh, we'll move on from that. We'll move on. <laughs> Didn't I argue with your sister about that once?
1: I yeah, but, yeah possibly
0: ok so has anyone tweeted about The Nutcracker did they like it more or less than Josh and I did
1: well we do have a tweet from Wilson but I don't think it's that Wilson
0: ok okay, not that Wilson um, nice.
1: at Jet fan says The Nutcracker and the Four Realms was alright a real Christmas film and then in parentheses released slightly early at mid-November thanks for that and with great visual <laughs> sweep some impressive ballet and good fun a kids movie that survived its tough sounding production to be alright
0: well, this was going to be Joe Johnson's last film for a while. This was going to be his final film, but we'll find out. Number four. <laughs> Is born. You know, when you do your lip sync thing, because yeah. it might be the red hair, but you just remind me of Deborah messing. <laughs> but. <laughs> sure. Why not? By the way, we need to talk about that. It reminded me of the podcast extras, Will and Grace. We oh. need to talk Will and Grace. Okay. Because it became like culturally relevant last week. Did it? It actually did. And it was amazing. Anyway, beside the point. Anyway. So, Star is Born. Yeah. I cried, you cried, everybody we cried. All cried. <laughs> and deservedly so. It is a wonderful film. It is it a is. really compelling drama. The music's outstanding. The performance are amazing. If you
1: haven't seen it, go see it. Date movie. Whatever it is.
0: It's a date movie, a breakup movie, a Ooh. best day of your life movie, and a worst day of your life movie. All in one. All in one. And that, who, who tweeted us? Did they have good day, bad day, date, first date, second date? Or uh, not the third date, because that's really, that's pressuring.
1: It's ambiguous at best, but okay. Holly reveals to us, finally went to see a star is born tonight. I'm so emotional. Crying face emoji.
0: Ah, I wonder how he did. Number three. Woo! As if we were.
1: I knew it was coming, but I still enjoyed it.
0: (laughs) Widows. I really want to see Widows again. I loved Widows. Really loved it. It was so good. Wow. And
1: just... I could tell you liked it from last week, oh, I'll be honest.
0: I just thought it was it was just so slick and mm. cool and sexy and stylish and just engrossing and riveting. I was on the edge of my seat, but at the same time, just knocked back, just taking it in. It was. And
1: Michelle Rodriguez did a good job. And so, Michelle Rodriguez did you know. an
0: amazing. Yeah, it was a cut above mm. for, for Michelle Rodriguez. There you go. But uh, Viola Davis, I want to make sure I'm saying it right this time, not Alfred Woodard, not Octavia Spencer. <laughs> Viola Davis, uh, genuinely brilliant in it. I, I, I just, I thought she was tremendous. I was a big fan. Um, also, under the realm of big fans, can we count whoever tweeted us?
1: I think we probably can. Okay. So uh, this is from at Bill Hardley, whose uh, Twitter name is Wait What, which mm. I enjoy, um, and he says, "Widows is good, eh?"
0: Fair, absolutely fair. Yeah. He Bohemian
1: Rhapsody!
0: Which I'm a fan of. I mean, I'm a fan. I mean, I don't think it's an amazing movie. I think it's a perfectly fun movie. Mm. You can go and enjoy it. I think if you sitting i don't know I, I sit on that that sort of i sit on that bench of maybe we as a culture just know too much about freddie mercury yeah and maybe that's why this isn't as fun as it really should be or as gripping as it should be um sorry it is fun it's, it's absolutely fun it's just not as gripping or as interesting as it should be yeah. and i think it's because we are conditionally and culturally just attuned to think of freddie mercury as probably the coolest most interesting person in history ever
1: no probably
0: maybe and, yeah but he's not in the movie. Uh, Rami Marley does a fine job playing him, though. And the scenes in which he is playing him with Queen are absolutely outstanding. Also, quite like Lucy Boynton in this, as uh, Mary Austin. Yeah, well. But, uh, yeah. Good so, um, has anyone <laughs> tweeted about it? And, and but by and by did they end the tweet we were saying, and then we listen to the Queen album?
1: Um. Uh- it's Jen Ziegler and no she doesn't uh, you know I, I get the sense that she might like this film so uh, she says please drop whatever you're doing and go see Bohemian Rhapsody uh, at it's Rami Malik is a masterpiece the movie is life changing hashtag long live queen
0: Hang on, Rami Malek is a masterpiece sure number one you mean
1: one you really are a heel Grinch.
0: Which I saw, and I've got real problems with this.
1: We haven't talked about this. We have haven't. We? we
0: didn't review it the, for the week it was out. Um, I, I did. I did see it. I've got real problems with it. I think I want to save them for the podcast extras because we we push you for time. Okay. Um... It's not the best of. In fact, it's the least effective adaptation of The Grinch. The Jim Carrey version is a better movie. Mm-hmm. The original 1968 adaptation, I believe, is 66, 67, 68, one of the three. Um, the late 60s adaptation, the classic one that we all remember from being in Home Alone. Oh, yeah. You know, with way morse to Tim Curry. Of course. Um, hashtag Tim Curry forever, man. I miss Tim Curry. Anyway, sorry, back to, back to the bridge.
1: He's not dead, is he?
0: No, no, he's just not doing as many films. He's got health concerns. He doesn't do as many films now. Oh, okay. Um, but. I've uh, I've something. That's why we're denied the joy of Tim Curry in every movie ever, which we should have. It's anyway. True. The Grinch just doesn't work in this form. It is a sanitized coffee house version of hip hop take on its own material. A movie that has to be narrated by Pharrell. A movie in which The Grinch has to stop every two goddamn minutes so that something nice can happen to him and he can briefly feel nice again before Whoa. he goes back to being bad for no reason. It is a movie in which Keenan Thompson shows up to play what can weirdly be described as a hipster Seth Rogen. It is a movie in which Ooh. the Grinch gets to actually do 11 minutes of Grinching in a 90 minute film. Oh dear. I didn't care for it. When my nephew is older and we watch Christmas movies together, he will watch the Jim Carrey version. End of rant. Has anyone tweeted?
1: Uh, yeah. So, um, we've got Green Weed Butter, sure. Fair. At Red Love Shakur, which, take your pick. Okay. Um, so, he slash she, I'm not sure, says, took my son to watch the new Grinch. It sucked. He didn't even oh, like it. Nice. He will sit for the whole The Grinch original movie. Got to explain to him that there's nothing like at Jim Carrey. We have an autograph pick of him sitting in our display entertainment center. Love you always. That is a
0: needlessly complex uh, story to send in, isn't it? Like... That came with layers. I
1: didn't ask for your life story That
0: that came with actual dimensions and like a backstory and mise-en-scene. Anyway.
1: (laughs) Oh, the mise-en-scene.
0: You know, like one does. Um, So, um, should we jump straight into Hellfest? Yes, please. After having relived The Grinch for 30 seconds, I feel like I need to cheer myself up now. Yeah. So, here's a slasher movie set in a horror theme park. It's brilliant. I mean, it's, it's not a brilliant movie. I had a brilliant time with it. It's not a brilliant movie. So this is going to be one of those reviews, just, hmm. just to warn you. Right. So I'll tell you I'll give you the academic IMDB plot description. Please. Right. A masked serial killer turns a horror-themed amusement park into his own personal playground, terrorizing a group of friends while the rest of the patrons believe that it is all part of the show. <laughs>
1: See, I have been saying this for years and years and years that if you were a serial killer and you wanted to kill people, you would go and work at a theme park around Halloween. Here's a clip. Oh, welcome nice. to VIP, oh, yeah. VIP, bitches. <laughs> I can help you put yours on. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. Yeah, Brooke tells me I do to thank for this. So.
0: yeah no no problem thank you no problem <laughs> no she said you were coming to town so just want us to do something fun Great. <laughs> hey are you guys ready are you guys ready <laughs> help us guys let's do oh. it So, good news, Kel. This is absolutely aimed at that energy drink, Oakley sporting, <coughs> you know, Blade <laughs> 2 era of douchebag. Amazing. Right. Okay. It is the kind of film, like, you and I are such easy lays for these kind of movies. Because how many of these have we watched together over the years? All of you know, them. You remember things like Cherry Falls and Urban Legend yes. and stuff like that? This is one of those. Yes. Okay, so it does not in any way, shape, or conceivable form have any, even a vague spectacle of an idea above its station. It does not want to cabin in the woods, this thing. It does not want to be meta. It does not want to be insightful. Oh God. It just wants to say, hey, do you remember when movies had, you know, blonde cheerleaders with really large breasts, and they got their heads cut off, like, on the football field?
1: And we all loved it. Oh, yeah,
0: we all loved it. Let's just do stuff like that. Yeah. So you've got, you know, that like you go through your cast of characters and you've got like the final girl, you know, the virginal final girl. Yeah, you've sure. got uh the, the the best friend's jock boyfriend douchebag dude. You've got the the, the insanely hot but vacuous best friend, of in this course. case played by MacGyver's Rain Edwards, by the way. Nice. So immediate extra star from me. Um you've <laughs> then got the sassy uh the sassy sexually ambiguous female bff who's kind of a bit into cult things and horror movies and a bit oh. sassy and looks like what dc likes to pander to whenever they think of teenage girls um that one she's the pander. chick from the flash Um and then you've got like her generic boyfriend who's a bit of a loser and then you've got the love interest one all the cliches They're all there. Horror theme park? Do you think there's a Hall of Mirrors? (gasps) Might be. Do you think there's a Tunnel of Love?
1: Might be.
0: Right, all this stuff, but horror-themed, and there's just a dude in a mask with a knife, a knife and a hoodie, you know, just walking around cutting Cutting dudes up. up. (laughs) That's the movie. It is exactly as well-made as you would honestly expect that version of that idea to, to be. I think I looked this up and found out that it was made for something like 5.5 million. I so would You can say, make
1: so many of these, Hollywood.
0: Exactly. I would say that was money well spent. Hmm. I mean, this will make its money on, on eventual DVD and Blu-ray anyway, and streaming. But give us more like this. Come on. Not every movie needs to be the guest or get out. Sometimes we want Cherry Falls. Sometimes we want Urban Legend.
1: Give us the Crap!
0: Right. Sometimes we want my bloody Valentine 3D. Yes, we do, Van. Sam and or Dean or whoever was in it, and I, I and think it was yeah, Dean. It was Sam like Dean Sam, Sam, Sam. Dean Sam. Dean Sam. It was Sam and Dean and Davy Boreana's. Uh, that was Valentine oh, again.
1: Same I want kind I want of thing. Too.
0: Sometimes I want a shock. I sound like I've got Melissa McCarthy in, in <laughs> Life of the Party. What do we want? <laughs> equal rights, <for> equal pay, <laughs> and full velocity. <laughs> On which note. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the Movie Marker radio show and podcast. And we're back for one last ride, Ms Needham.
1: Should we just get this thing out of the way?
0: Let's just, just do it. Okay. Go on, fantastic, tell me about Grindelwald. Fantastic Beast: <laughs> The crime of, Crimes of Grindelwald which I keep mispronouncing as Grindelwand.
1: Or Grindelwald.
0: <laughs> Grindelwald. Yeah, what's that about? But anyway. <laughs> it's like when
1: I first read the Harry Potter books and I thought her name was Hermione.
0: Oh, isn't that a gag in the fourth book or something where like, Victor Crumb keeps calling her Hermannini or something? Maybe. Yeah. I always hated that character not just because I identified with the dorky teenage boys and that's that equation. But never Aww. mind, it's beside the point. Let's not, go, <laughs> let's not go into my psychoses. So um here all night. We have uh, we have uh, the second in this series of Harry Potter spin off prequels. I guess. I guess. I a mean, random
1: book that was mentioned once and they've turned it into a series.
0: Don't, because I'm recording the first ever animated one of these this week. and <laughs> There's some stuff, there's some material for this this review I am saving, just because it's nastier in animated form. Nice. It's not nastier at all, it's just funnier in animated form. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, film two of five. Newt's back. All right, genuine question, do you remember anything about the first movie?
1: He got in a suitcase.
0: Right, that's about as much as I remember about the first movie. Mm. I started asking around at the screening for this. Nobody remembers the first movie.
1: That's because it was a non-thing.
0: Right, so I've tried to piece it together and I've seen bits of it what over the What film was in it? Ron Perlman was in it in a cameo, wasn't he? Right, so the whole way this worked, as far as I remember it, is Newt Scamander went to New York. He had Mm -hmm. basically all the Goosebumps monsters in his briefcase, which is actually the TARDIS. He himself happens to be wearing the outfit of Matt Smith as the Doctor and behaves in exactly the same way, whilst using a wand in more or less the same way as a sonic screwdriver. Neither here nor there, but they basically do the Goosebumps plot through 1926 New York, whilst at the same time there's then a third act story Storyline that introduces that maybe something's not quite white, not quite white, not quite right in the world of magic. Yeah. And before Voldemort Stalin, there was an even worse Lenin. We're told who, in this case, is uh, unveiled at the end of that movie as Johnny Depp's uh, Grindelwald, right?
1: Oh, I'm gonna go with yes.
0: Okay, and then but he was posing as Colin Farrell, and then he oh, goes, that's
1: right, yeah. yeah and then course. he
0: goes to Azkaban or whatever it is. Well, I don't even movie. think
1: they were clear about that. He was, right. just, you know, in handcuffs or something.
0: Right and the reason I'm doing all this just just bear with me there is a point to this and in the meanwhile Newts commanded the doctor who think had like a, a sidekick who was uh, a little fat guy. Dan Fogel or Dan Fogel or Dan Fogel I think it was and he wanted to be a baker but he couldn't get the money from the bank
1: That's the and then he yes. fell in
0: love with like witch Marilyn Monroe
1: which that usual Hollywood tripe of yeah. makes no sense. But and,
0: like... uh, and she was like happy and nice and and loved him for him and but she had no one in the world and she felt alone. And at the end of the movie he they erased his memory and he could so he couldn't be with her, but also he was better off not knowing about magic. I think yes. that was the thing. Okay, right. So Fantastic Beasts 2, the crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah, you know all that stuff I just said? Yeah. Undo it. Oh. Undo it. Right. That's literally what the first fifteen minutes of this movie are. Let's go around and just untick every box we ticked at the end of yeah. It's like Robert McKee's story was never written, you know. Like well, there's no such thing well, as three act structure. This is about
1: doing a film that's about magic because you can't just wave a wand. <laughs>
0: okay, right. The way that they, the way in which they explain Dan Fogel's return to mm-hmm. this story is one of the most patronising retcons I have ever encountered and i will just tell you as a statement of stone cold fact Mm -hmm. i lived through the 90s of comic books (laughs) i have seen the crappiest retcons you can imagine okay i have lived through spider-man changed into a female spider and gave birth to himself of course he did okay i have lived through that i lived through the clone saga i lived through the death of superman this is patronising.
1: Oh, man. <laughs>
0: okay, this is really bad. Oh, dear. Right, so the basic plot is Johnny Depp's on the loose again. For some reason... How'd he dum- get out? Uh, jailbreak. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, to be fair, he did kind of warn us at the end of the last film. No prison has been made that can hold me. But it doesn't that, like, really lazy Johnny Depp-Brando way that he's doing lately. Anyway, mm. so uh, he's on the loose. He's trying to raise an army. This is a thing. His power is somehow tied to Ezra Miller, whose character supposedly died at the end of the last movie. Oh, yeah, because he's one of them
1: bingley bomb things. Yeah, but
0: hasn't died because we're just undoing everything from the end of that movie. Yeah. Right. Um, In the meanwhile, Dumbledore is now young and Jude Law. He can't go after Grindelwald because reasons. Like, for most of this movie, it's just, I don't know, reasons? Mm. Tell you later, man. Dude, you hear in person now. Just tell me. Um, And, yeah, Dan Fogel's back in it. um, And Queenie, who's the the blonde love interest, has something of a more, uh, what do you call a role from X-Men, Mystique kind of a role Uh, in this one. And in the meanwhile, (laughs) Catherine Waterston also exists, I guess. Some stuff
1: and ting happens.
0: Yeah. and, And
1: I guess Newt's there too.
0: Yeah, and Newt's there too. Here's a clip. You've built up quite a little network of international contacts. However long you keep me and my friends under surveillance, you're not going to discover plots against you, Travers, because we want the same thing, the defeat of Grindelwald. But I warn you, your policies of suppression and violence are pushing supporters into his arms. I'm not interested in your warnings. It pains me to say it, but... You are the only wizard who is his equal. I need you to fight him. I can't. White Charles why, Jude, eh? White Charles why? And he said Grindelwald. He did. Another thing about that, right? Okay. You notice this is a movie that stars, you know, Oscar winner Eddie Redmayne. Um, he it's why... life. I don't think you and <laughs> um, Interesting thing. Hardly any of the clips you can find for this feature. Eddie Redmayne.
1: That's because he like when he's Newt's commander, he doesn't really talk, does he? he just sort of he Professor Quirrells around. Kind of do
0: this, he just just, 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 just charming. befuddled. Yeah. Foppish Matt Smith impression that he does. <laughs> Foppish. Oh God, he's he's like a
1: nebbish. Early 90s, That's a what he is.
0: Nebbish. Yeah, he's like an early '90s Hugh Grant rom com <laughs> embodied in one single person. But no, don't get wrong. I hate you. him in it. I hate Newt Scamander. Shame on you, but here's the interesting thing mm-hmm. um, it is Eddie Redmayne's movie. He is the central character. Mm. Although it's quite obvious that both the movie itself and indeed the marketing campaign around it really can't wait to just get to the point that this is actually Dumbledore's story. I cannot remember the last time I saw a franchise film sacrifice play itself this hard. This is a movie that literally throws itself down on the wire for the greater good of the franchise. I wonder why. I I cannot remember the last time I saw hundreds of millions of dollars spent so frivolously on doing so much to achieve so little. Because where the movie starts, point A, and where the movie ends, narratively, point B, are pretty much right goddamn next to each other. Oh, there man. is very little achieved in this film. There's an old exercise that they, uh, we, we did as film students, which was, it, this was round about the time that, uh, episode two. In fact, it was, it was before episode three was out, but when we had the first two Star Wars prequels. Yeah. And the argument was, did you need to, did episode one need to have existed? Mm-hmm. Did we genuinely gain anything from the knowledge of the story told in Star Wars episode one? And the actual answer is no. Because, in the grand scheme I think of everyone things,
1: everyone agrees with that. Hmm,
0: but it adds nothing. You get more mythology of the story of Anakin Sawa from episode two. This is one of those films where you come away thinking you basically got two mythology points out of this
1: all filler, and that's, no killer.
0: And that's it. It's literally that. It is all filler. You, I, It turns out that if you saw that first movie that was really fun for the first two thirds and then sort of, uh, you Lost know... Lost its way. Then did the intricate plotting world building thing for the final third. Mm. If you thought maybe we should split those two up, yeah, they went in exactly the wrong direction. They went to the world building mythology thing. Mm. This is literally a movie in which characters walk down corridors and just explain new bits of world building.
1: No, that's boring. And More suitcase. <laughs> Does he get in the suitcase? Is that a spoiler? Just answer me, damn it.
0: <laughs> look, all that stuff is back. And, like, Niffler, obviously, oh, is back and
1: things like that. Then I'll see it.
0: It'll sell some toys. And, look, the Harry Potter fans are going to see this regardless. Because yeah, they course. are just... They are beyond diehard as default. I didn't enjoy it on any level. I didn't think any part of it worked.
1: Why not just make it Dumbledore's story from the beginning? I don't understand.
0: That's the thing. It This does play like... They didn't know what to do with that first movie. They pretty much winged it. Then they had to do a sequel, so they had to wing that too. And it turns out the only way they could wing it was to undo all that they'd done in the first movie. And actually, they really wanted to do this other character instead. Do not be surprised if Jude Law does become the de facto lead of this series. Because the film quite clearly wants to point it that way. Also, if you're familiar with... Should we just say that one LGBT Harry Potter thing because it is really the only thing, isn't it? In Harry yes. Potter that's right, which did not exist in the stories, right? Apparently, it, is,
1: it did. That.
0: Well, it is, from my understanding, very, very passively implied at best. At best, and then. I think it was through Pottermore or something, whatever mm. garbage was. Before they decided that Wizarding World was their MCU branding.
1: Ah, uh, yes.
0: Yes. And thank you very much for the uh, very wonderful Q&A we had forced on us last night in which that got that term got thrown around a lot. Almost yeah. as if they were paid per mention. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> but uh, before all that, it turns out she, she did this in a Pottermore post where she went, oh, yeah, yeah, Dumbledore, they get totally gay. Totally gay. Totally gay. Totally. Dumbledore? No, sorry. She said, oh, yeah, that character? Totally. you're like, okay. This is a movie literally conjured into existence to explain that, to justify that. That is an instance brought into being purely so that she can turn around to people like me and say, 'I, I told you I wasn't just pulling it out of my ass.
1: there was was
0: totally a reason for it totally i would
1: love to hear the lgbt community Mm. i want to hear their thoughts on it
0: i would i want i want to hear i want to see how they uh they respond to it because i feel like it is dimension being added to a character for whom there was no reason to add that dimension nobody cared
1: yeah is it more insulting that it's happened or or not that's what i want to know i don't
0: i don't feel it was any more I don't feel it was any more patronizing than the original J.K. Rowling post, to be honest, because I found that pretty patronizing. Mm. But it's like that whole thing in The Power Rangers where they, they made the whole big song and dance about, oh, yeah, 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 the, the Yellow Ranger, gay. Totally gay. And then the movie came around and it's like, not I didn't really even a notice thing. it. You didn't? And it's almost like lafoo in Beauty and the Beast. Oh,
1: that's. They not did bad. that was like, on it's a
0: first insulting. gay character in a Disney movie. Like, well, he really? He dances
1: with a guy.
0: He just dances with a. Dude, like, loads of dudes in movies do that. I'm pretty sure Tom Cruise and and Goose, like, dance at one point. They weren't gay. Tom Cruise was totally into Kelly McGillis. He wouldn't be now, but he was then. Anyway, seriously, how does Tom Cruise still look about 35 and Kelly McGillis look 70? He does not look But they are actually both 70. Weird.
1: Hashtag Scientology.
0: Hashtag, Yeah. Hashtag Xenu. <laughs> so, uh, beside the point, um, Fantastic Beasts, see if you're a fan. If you're not a fan, this Let's will not Let's be fair, Van,
1: well. we're all going to see it.
0: Probably, yeah. So, um,
1: not if, film of the week, though, I'm guessing.
0: It is not film of the
1: Hellfest. week.
0: Hellfest. Hellfest is totally film of the week. I had the most film with Hellfest yeah. this week. Yeah. Um, Do see it. You're going to love it. When you see it, you're absolutely to love. There is another movie, by the way, called Bloodfest that stars Tate Donovan. Yeah. And and he's about a a similar concept. Tate Donovan's Hercules. What?
1: Wasn't he Hercules? Yes, he
0: was. Disney's Hercules. Sorry. I can't remember Disney's Hercules. We've said this before. How dare you? I can't remember. I just remember James Woods being uh, Hades.
1: Yes, he was. Which.
0: He pretty much is, in reality. Anyway. Hmm.
1: Um, <laughs> What's coming up next week?
0: So, um, it would help if I'd looked any of that up, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'll do, because I'm a champ. I'll just pull up the calendar for next week. Yeah, why So, not? next week, we've got that reboot that we were all begging for. What's that? The Girl in the Spider's Web.
1: Nobody asked for this.
0: Nobody asked for this, I know. Okay. Uh, so, can I instead offer you another reboot? Okay. What about Robin Hood? No! Nobody asked for this either.
1: <laughs> yeah. What's Nobody's going on? Nobody asked for this. No,
0: okay, fine then. Uh, shoplifters. Ooh. <laughs> Don't know what that is, to be honest.
1: We'll find out.
0: Uh, we've got uh, postcards from London. That's next week.
1: Is next week even worth.
0: <laughs> Back to you know, Berlin is next week. Doing
1: anything with. This is a rubbish week.
0: It is a rubbish week, isn't it? You know what we should do? What? Sack it off.
1: Let's take the week off.
0: Sack it off. Okay. Done. <laughs> Screw it. Sack it off. We're having next week off. Okay, there you go. No, we did actually have next week planned as a yes, week we, off. We we yes, yeah, we say it flippantly. We say it flippantly. So, okay, how about I meet you with the week after?
1: Let's do it. What's okay. coming up then?
0: Ralph breaks the internet, yo.
1: Yay! Okay,
0: more like it, isn't it? I'm, I'm like right. it already. How, okay, do you like a gay Jewish drama starring a Rachel?
1: That's my favourite.
0: What if I gave you a gay Jewish Orthodox drama starring two Rachels?
1: <gasps> Say it in so
0: Vice and McAdams. What? Disobedience is yes. out. Yeah. Okay, we've got Surviving Christmas with the Relatives, which is, uh, I believe, a Christmas comedy.
1: Sounds like the usual garbage that comes out.
0: It usually does. Uh, we've not got a pressure, by the way, on the books for uh, Nativity Rocks, just FYI.
1: Wow. Uh, we've also got the
0: wild pear tree. Okay. We've also got three identical strangers. Not one, two, or you three. He started
1: off so strong.
0: Okay. I know. He felt like it's like, shall, shall I give you another heavy hitter? Yeah. What about Creed 2?
1: Uh, I oh. guess that might count. <laughs> might count.
0: <laughs> he must break you. Michael B. Jordan. Oh, man, I can't wait for Creed 2. He's going to be so good. good. So, yeah, so we've got all those and more. Two weeks time.
1: Yeah. Off-screen.
0: In the meanwhile, this has been a county for off-screen. I've been Van Collar. I've been Kelly Needham. And we shall return. Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to off-screen. For more movie news, reviews, and more, visit moviemarker.co.uk. Okay everybody, that's a wrap
1: podcast extras
0: ah uh, fun to come yay so um do you know there's loads of, oh i want to talk about will and grace really quickly yeah let's there. do that so will and grace did this episode uh, about a week about two weeks ago maybe yeah um, and the whole point of the episode is that uh, grace and her dad go on a road trip to like visit her mom mom's grave or whatever it is okay. and um uh, Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, because their parents are now married (laughs) Will's mom is married to Grace's dad. Oh, really? That's That's a thing. Yeah, that's that's a thing. Um, They go on a road trip, uh, she and her dad, to visit uh, the grave of her mom. And the whole thing is that he he says, like, I want to visit my old friend, like, while we're up here. And the whole Mm -hmm. thing is that uh, she had a Me Too incident. With the friend, and she just tell the father, and ah. like Will and Grace has never been afraid to be vaguely topical, obviously. But uh, it was it was just a really emotional episode. It was really good.
1: Ah, Maybe like, I'll watch
0: that one. I I give Deborah Massing a lot of shit. You do. I do. Um, and to be fair, she's she was absolutely amazing in it. She really was. Oh, I mean,
1: perfect. yeah, I was, she could have the occasional. But
0: uh yeah, I mean and this is this is in a season that's already given her David Trimmer as Angry Ross as her love interest.
1: Oh yes, I did hear about that.
0: Which is awesome.
1: I also like I know it's slightly unrelated, but um David Schwimmer. Did you see when there was this uh, thief in Blackpool? Oh,
0: didn't they just arrest him the other day?
1: Oh, did they? They finally arrested the I guy I don't know, the other but day. I just thought, and that like, is just brilliant. Every paper
0: ran, like, the same thing, where they just put a picture of David Schwimmer as, like, police catch David Schwimmer look-alike.
1: <laughs> I'm sure he's very pleased. You know? But, oh. I mean... The fact that that got to him in, you know, presumably L.A. or wherever he mm. lives these days, and he took the time out to oh, film that video, please. I just thought, First brilliant.
0: All, I bet David Shrum is he's not, he's not an L.A. person. He's a New York person. That's, Do you think? That's a man who sees plays. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, you know what I mean? That
1: He is a director these days, Yeah,
0: isn't That's a man that sees plays and goes to museums, like, recreationally.
1: Do you think he, like, is Ross? Is that what you... Trying to tell me?
0: I well, I think he's the Hollywood version of Ross. <laughs> like, I bet Army Hammer's like that. Oh. You know, like, I bet Army Hammer sees plays recreationally.
1: Army Hammer, we're not talking to him this week.
0: What? What is this? Because of uh Stan oh, Lee. the the Stanley thing?
1: Yeah. So basically, obviously, as tributes were pouring in, people were posting pictures of themselves as Stanley. Mm. An army hammer basically said, "Yeah, I love all these uh, tributes. What Wait a way, what a way, yeah. <laughs> what a way to show,
0: yeah, what so a way to show tribute—a picture of you with
1: him, yeah. People weren't happy with that.
0: The thing is, though, I, I think it's kind of excused with, with Stanley because Stanley he had made had had made a conscious choice in the way that, like David Hasselhoff has, in the mm. way that William Shatner has." Mm. Certain members of the older generation of the entertainment industry, when they pass away, but before they pass away, have have made this segue into we actually we had this with Adam West, yes, right where they've made this segue into the convention circuit, where their mere presence is it is what it is, it's it's godhood to you know these fans, yeah, and I I don't know if you've ever we've been to a convention before, haven't we? We went to we met uh, the Todd. We met the Todd, we did, yes. <laughs> Your fiancé's favourite photo in the world, himself high-fiving the Todd.
1: It was an excellent high-five as well.
0: Yeah, and do you know what? I went with him, if you remember, to I do. a Q&A by the Todd.
1: I do remember.
0: And um, it was brilliant. <laughs> and I have all the respect in the world for that like, I well, even have a photo of myself.
1: And wasn't that the convention as well where you met um, the Bill and Ted guy?
0: Alex Winter.
1: That's the one. Yes. Right? Yes.
0: And, and I was with uh, I was with Emma, and I couldn't uh, I couldn't in good conscience meet Melissa George.
1: Oh yes, I do. Rem- I,
0: I do really want to meet Melissa George, and uh, Emma was there. And uh, Melissa George has uh, arch nemesis. Yeah,
1: relationships, <laughs> eh? Yeah. Kind
0: of Okay, anyway, out, uh, anyway, yeah.
1: Back to uh, Stanley and Army Hammer.
0: So yeah, that's the thing. But because Stanley was obviously such a fixture of the convention circuit, you've been to these conventions. You're aware yes. of they do like the photo session things. Yes. Well, I mean they're usually like thirty five quid a throw. By
1: yeah, the way. they're not you know, cheap
0: for what's well, basically a basic photographer setup, and the actor will just sort of like you know give you a hug on camera, and you get a nice picture. Sometimes it's not even
1: and... like an actual camera; it's just to take a picture yourself
0: with them. As well, well, maybe which, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, is like that kind of thing, isn't it? But some actors do have fun with it, like Bruce Campbell. a billion amusing photos of Bruce Campbell like yeah. just horsing around
1: Henry Winkler with, loves uh, it
0: Henry Winkler yeah, same thing you know, and some of these actors, like Adam West, for instance, was was kind of into that. Like, you know, everyone has these photos and everyone has them with William Shatner. And, and Calvin, even Calvin has the, uh, the Stan Lee ones. Because Stan Lee did MCM Comic Con like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And Calvin went and he paid for the photo session. Had no <laughs> money, but he saved up special. And he got his, his Stan Lee photo. Hashtag fan. And that was the thing because you sat there and you, I, I remember looking at that with him and thinking, like, that's, that's 35 quid for a photo, you know, with Stan Lee. And you think, yeah, but, you know, that is like having a photo with Walt Disney. Yeah. And, you know, I would pay 35 quid for that. Or I, I would, don't
1: see any issue in paying money to meet you, right? Yeah. Well, the thing that you've got to do and you want to do it, then go for yeah, it. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I, from their perspective, obviously, it's a bit of a cash grab, but, you know...
1: I also think that people aren't posting those pictures to make it about them. Sorry, Army, you know I love no, you. No, they're not. I think it was it just... as literally a tribute, as a, as a kind of, here here is a beautiful memory that I have with Stanley.
0: You know what it is? It's no different to if a building changes, or, gets knocked down, or mm. changes over, and you post the picture of yourself with the old building. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of like Stanley's that. Stanley's the old building. You know, it's, it's Stanley's <laughs> the old building in this. If I had a photo of me with Stanley, I would absolutely post that picture. If I, I, I have a photo of myself with George Romero, I forgot to post that when George Romero died.
1: Well, you can do it now. We'll
0: but, give you permission. Uh, so I, I, need to really, I need to meet John Carpenter before, uh, before the end, which you know horror sites keep falsely reporting as happening. I was going to say that's happening
1: any day now.
0: No, about once a week we're told that John Carpenter has died, yeah. and John Carpenter has to just come out and tell us that he's still alive.
1: That's because he's actually a vampire. I remember that. <laughs> just remember. That.
0: It is twenty years this year, by the way, since John Carpenter's vampires.
1: Is it only twenty years?
0: Twenty years. Do Do you remember that movie?
1: I do it vaguely. Oh my god, it was so crap!
0: I loved it. It was, it was the height that that, that point in the late nineties. That height of Hollywood decadence and its inability to say no to spending money. Yeah, meeting the lower threshold of we will just about give you the money to make this fantasy movie work, and then I you wind up with John. Much Garthus lower vampires. back
1: then. They were. Well, let's be fair.
0: It's a movie that stars a Baldwin. Who isn't even one of the big two? It's Daniel, but Bo- fucking Daniel Baldwin.
1: Nobody wants to see Daniel Baldwin. Not
0: nobody. Not even Daniel Baldwin wants to see Daniel Baldwin.
1: <laughs> I heard all his mirrors in his house are covered. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, should we talk Oscar, Oscar voters and Netflix?
0: Oh, yeah, this is a whole thing, is it? The latest scandal. Okay, so you were telling me this earlier. So it was the story that they were going to release their releases, the ones they want for Academy uh, consideration, they were going to release them in, in cinemas for a short time?
1: Exactly. Before so, streaming? Yeah, so they, they've said, you know, to appease the Oscar voters who say if it's on Netflix, it's not allowed to be mm-hmm. considered. Netflix have they have got this film coming up, which is called Roma,
0: uh, Alfonso Cuarón is That's meant to be one. like the greatest film ever made. That's so, the one, and yeah. it's meant
1: to be, you know, most amazing film ever, whatever. But it's a Netflix film. <laughs> you so. sound
0: really, really sort of willing to take a punt on this. one
1: Well, you know, I don't know anything about it. But okay. So Netflix has basically said before it's going to stream on on the fourteenth of December, we're gonna we're gonna make it available in cinemas. Um. But the Oscar voters have said, nay, Netflix, that's not enough for us.
0: We said nay. We, said we nay. are but critics. Rock.
1: <laughs> 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 so they've basically said, this, these are, this is the quote that's been given. It's an okay. anonymous uh, member. So Netflix is. is pulling a big con. They're trying to buy their presence and identity as a film company without playing by everybody else's rules. So... Basically, they're saying they've got no credibility by doing that, and good day, sir.
0: Okay. I'm going to give my rebuttal on this one, and I'm going to give it once and for all on the subject of Netflix, Amazon Prime. Even though Amazon Prime do play ball a little more, with the Academy, for instance, mm. like ne- Amazon Prime will will release Amazon Studio. Sorry, will release, for instance, uh, Manchester by the Sea yeah. gets a proper theatrical run. Yeah, and then the only difference in that film, for instance, is that before whereas it would normally hit DVD, it just goes on Amazon Prime. Yeah, you know, fine. No one seems to have an issue with that. But this is my thought on Amazon Prime as well as Netflix and and the Academy and can and any film festival that wants to be an asshole about mm-hmm. this, this this whole thing and.
1: <laughs> just consider them words.
0: I mean I'll consider them words. Fuck these people. <laughs>
1: I knew it was coming. I no, no, fuck these
0: people. Like, I'm sorry. Right, like, let, let's be really honest. I, I forget the percentages offhand. When the Academy welcomed in a bunch of new, of new voters and opened up the most popular film nonsense a few months ago, I had to do a radio piece with Jamie East for, for Virgin, mm-hmm. and I, I, I knew the statistics at the point, and I, I found it, it's an alarming number of the percentage of Academy voters are white men over 60. Yeah. And... I refuse to believe for one second that any goddamn white man over 60 ever has any fucking idea what Netflix is. Yeah, of course not. They don't.
1: And how do my, they My, my own dad's me? 60. He doesn't know
0: how Netflix works. I just don't
1: understand this concept of if, it's, if it doesn't go to a cinema, it's not a film.
0: Because... I don't get it. That only works if you are a 60-plus-year-old white man. You know, you, yeah. you, you're an old guy, you know, especially... And you look at within the confines of American culture as well. Mm. Within the confines of American culture, look at the era these people come from. Yes. the true. era in which they will have discovered their love of film that propelled them through their lives, and eventually somehow managed to get to- curtailed by their need to become an evil, cynical corporate whore. <laughs> but you know those people. You know those, those ones. Who, yeah, who, yeah, yeah. Those ones who keep... sit
1: around that big table. Yeah, they have the, the stonecutters and the yeah, 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 yeah. the stonecutters. Yeah, them
0: ones. Yeah, those people you really think these people have any even semblance of an idea what the hell it is they're witnessing when you show them sorry to bother you? Mm. Or, you know, or you whip out crazy irritations. They, they're going to blow their fuzzy little minds.
1: It's just ridiculous, um, in my opinion.
0: Asking them then... I mean, bearing in mind they can't do that with films that are literally provided on DVD and sent to their home. I and get that's those things though. I, they I... don't
1: even go to the cinema. There's no. all this hoo-ha about it must be a theatrical release to be considered a film. They don't go to the cinema.
0: Yeah, and you do sit there and think as well, it's kind of hard to really take seriously the, uh, let's just say, racial consideration of an academy votership that is made of a very large percentage of people who, when they watch their childhood films, probably still watch them, largely consisting of a bunch of stories that typically involved white adventurers going to African islands.
1: Yes, indeed. You,
0: You know what I mean? Like, look at the era.
1: They're the kind of people that say... Oh, political correctness gone mad. Yeah,
0: you know those people, like, don't send those people a Black Panther disc and expect yeah. you're getting a Best best Picture consideration. The only reason those people would give anything to Black Panther is because their grandkids or their great-grandkids really love them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Netflix is just one of those things. Netflix and Amazon Prime, you're asking these people to stream it? Uh, you wouldn't know this. Um, right, if you want to, to screen a release from Netflix, mm-hmm. you don't just get sent a disc. Mm-hmm. Netflix don't do it. Why would they? Why would they?
1: That's not The
0: company's literally built on they the stop idea. They stopped doing that. Eh, no. You have to go to a specific site. Yeah. It has to be PC-based. There is no mobile app that does it. Right. You have to go to a specific site. You have to put in a specific login that they have on record, that they will log every film that you want to watch yeah. to. So if I want to watch the next series of Star Trek Discovery, yeah. a month before it comes out, they'll they'll register my interest and they'll take my account details and they will log it with Star Trek Discovery yeah. and then I will only get to watch it through this web portal. Yeah. Now, I've jerry-rigged a system for, over the course of the past few years where it's uh, a Mac Mini that's connected with an HDMI cable to a TV. Yeah. So I still get to watch it on TV. Right. I'm 35. I'm pretty technically proficient.
1: I'd say so.
0: I know how AirPlay works, how mm. how casting works, yeah. YouTube, streaming. I could even find a way through most of the cursor encryption of Vimeo. Yeah. Right. 35, do you really want to ask a 74-year-old white man if he wants to log into that site on his MacBook on his lap with his username and password? And then specifically, because it's not easy to find either, specifically find the bit where your screeners are logged and then select the film, which aren't written with their proper titles, by the way. It's always underscore Mr. Holmes, one word. Underscore 2014 underscore 980p, yeah. like that. So it's not like it's just the title. Don't don't ask 74-year-old white men to do that.
1: Well, they won't.
0: It, they won't do it. They won't because they can't, yeah. and it'll
1: make them angry.
0: And then imagine why they might be pissed that those movies aren't turning up in cinemas mm. or on DVD, specifically sent to their homes. Wow. So, Netflix is the future. Get used to it. Sorry, old white people. Anyway.
1: Should we do a review? Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh. The Price of Everything.
0: Which is... Okay. uh, Brace yourself for this. This is an HBO documentary about art. Ugh. Not about the creation of art per se, but about the business of art, no. about you know, um, because this came up recently in Widows, actually. Widows! In, in story, one of the yeah, exactly. One of the things in Widows is that uh, Robert Duvall as Colin Farrell's father mm-hmm. takes umbrage with him for spending like seventy grand on this this, this inevitable profit-earning painting that he buys. As would and I. this is about that kind of world. This is about the world of New York socialites, for instance. Who,
1: David Trimmer.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know the David Trimmer types. You know, like <laughs> Peter Berg. You know Peter Berg. One.
1: not peter Berg.
0: yeah i bet you any money peter Berg's like oh, i'm gonna pay for this this is from his spring period you know Ugh. i bet you any money like now like that's little jake john hall you know spends a lot of time oh. in places. <laughs> so um this is the art of buying art effectively um and we do get a, pers- a hint of it sort of from the perspective of the artists as well like these artists who produce work Uh, specifically for targeted audiences. Right. Or the kind who, I forget who it is, we're told at one point in the story, will sell art on spec. So he'll meet you at a cocktail party, for instance, and they'll be like, "Oh, hey, you like my art? Oh, cool! You can have the next one for three and a half mil." And Mr. Drunk, Cocaine, Cocaine Fuel Banker will say, "Hell's yeah, I'm in for three and a half mil. Here's a check." I'm going very Michael Pena with this. I don't know why. (laughs) I
1: noticed Um, that. I wasn't um, going to say anything.
0: Here's a check, and you know, artist goes cashes check, waits for like two years, and then when the bill comes, he's like, "Oh, I guess I got to like produce a piece of art." And it automatically goes to this guy. And he just
1: paints his butt cheeks and sits on a canvas.
0: Paints his ass cheeks, sends it into the dude. Boom, three and a half mil well spent.
1: Ugh, I can't bear it. I really can't. I know,
0: I know. We saw a a documentary. I don't know if we reviewed this together a couple of years ago. It was called um, Sour Grapes. Mm, And it was about a Chinese-American con artist who infiltrated the wine market by selling fake wine.
1: No, but I've heard about this.
0: It's on Mm -hmm. Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever. And I I remember when I reviewed it saying, I'm gobsmacked, we didn't get like a Todd Phillips version of this. (laughs) Like Todd Phillips doing like a war dog story starring Ken Jeong.
1: Yes, of course.
0: And it would be amazing. Because the guy himself had something of a Ken Jeong-like animated quality to him.
1: Yeah, but it just sounds boring.
0: But this is one of those as well, though, where you you do sit and think like, I feel like I would rather watch narrative film based within this. Mm. And to an extent, though, you know, it has been done. Like, that kind of idea has been done. Usually the way to do it is to tackle it from a, uh, a counterfeit angle. Yeah. The problem with this as well is it... Uh, it feels like a very boilerplate. by the numbers, here is the screensaver version of this documentary.
1: Sounds like a bunch of lovies.
0: It is a bunch of lovies, and it is very much one for those people. It's only going to get watched, really, and appreciated by people who are already in it. Yeah. And you remember that there was a Tiffany documentary? Yes. Like, last year? Yeah. That I remember saying, just felt like it was being shown on the monitors at Tiffany's.
1: Because no one else cares.
0: This feels like what they've put on, at the, monitors, on the monitors at Sotheby's. You know, one of those kind of films. And he's something like you could have done something really impressive with this in a narrative context. Perhaps there's nothing really there to make much of a it. like, Basically,
1: it's, it's a documentary about people with too much money giving too much money to other people with too much money, and it goes on and on.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I okay. mean, I mean, I famously remember my version of that rant as being referred to as. My second week at uni, but around uh, about the point that I walked in a room and told like 20 people they were full of shit, and the only reason they were in that room is because they watched Indiana Jones as a kid and really wanted to make movies that made money.
1: You were popular. Oh, totally, I can tell.
0: Totally, totally. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, to be fair, I was fucking right.
1: And you got to make that amazing Mr. Men Oh,
0: that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, Is,
1: that, I hope that's on YouTube somewhere.
0: I think it might still be Excellent. somewhere. Is it Uncle Van's Dead Times? Hang on, I actually am Uncle Van now.
1: <gasps> you are. Oh,
0: my God. I should do like a series. You can
1: seri- reenact it with your nephew.
0: Oh, I should do like a series In
1: In Enclivewood. Wood.
0: Do you think she'd make me have like, she'd make me like take Hank, like we'd get on camera and i like read him a Mr. Men story?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, we could do that. Shout I-
1: out to your sister.
0: <laughs> Don't name her. I didn't name her, did I? No. I never, I never name people. Don't
1: name the sister.
0: No, but uh, yeah, I have a nephew. His name's Hank. He's awesome. Shout out. But oh my god, oh my god. Oh no, I've just seen this. And right, you said to me earlier Bad Boys for Life, right?
1: Yes, and you told me to show up immediately.
0: Yeah, because I don't believe the movie exists. I don't believe it's <laughs> happening. I've just seen something and I hadn't even considered this. Go on. The title for Bad Boys for Life.
1: This is what I tried to explain is to you. Oh,
0: sorry. The the, the E in life the e. is the number three. Yes. I mean, I mean, fine. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. That's fine.
1: Bad uh, boys. This is what I tried to explain it, to you? you. Oh, sorry.
0: The the, the E in life the is e. the number three. Yes. I mean. Oh, I mean. I mean. Fine. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. That's fine.
1: Bad uh, boys for life three. Life three. You can't <laughs> even say it in a cool way.
0: Bad boys for life three.
1: Life three. The yeah. three. The three.
0: The three. The three. three. We're going with the three. We're going with the three. I've not seen the Dumbo trailer. Have you seen it?
1: I refuse. No. no? Okay. That, that film as a, as a whole is too sad. I can't watch the original animation. It ends like that. As I well. don't I want to watch, watch this remake. Yeah. No. No. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um. The director of, of Greater, David L. Hunt, is going to uh, direct a remake of High Noon.
1: Yes, indeed. Um, okay. Because we. It had an original one apparently that I've not heard about.
0: we did. And you know what? You probably have actually seen it. Really? But you know it's one of those movies that you just remember it by a different title. Oh. Assault on Precinct 13.
1: Are you joking? Yep.
0: Oh. Same movie. You know in that way that you've seen Seven Samurai, but yes. you've never watched the movie. Yes. Because you've seen Magnificent Seven. Yes. Same thing. Oh, I see. Exactly the same thing. High Noon uh, Very got remade as uh, as you know, Assault and Preaching 13 by John Carpenter. It then got remade in 2005, I think. Was it? 2005. we yes. like Lawrence Fishburne yes, and Ethan Hawke, yeah, wasn't you're it? Right. Yeah. Yep. Which is a remake. I've never gotten around to rewatching and always wanted to. That's a shame. But, uh, and they sent me the original 4K recently. Hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, um, let's see. Uh, apparently, someone is Cassandra Kane in Birds of Prey.
1: Yes, that person has I, been cast.
0: I don't know who the actress yeah. is. I don't know who Cassandra Kane is.
1: I don't know. Margot Robbie's back in it.
0: Yeah, my version of Birds of Prey is like a 2003 series starring Ashley Scott.
1: All um, I can think about is Birds of a... What's it called? The one with like Pauline Quirk.
0: Birds of a feather. Yeah, that's all yeah. I think
1: of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's not that. It could be.
0: Let's see what else we've got. Oh, Aquaman gets a colourful new poster. No um,
1: one cares. Nobody cares. Rebecca has been remade.
0: Oh, who is it that's going to be in this?
1: Army Hammer and Lily James.
0: Oh, it can work. Sure. I just going
1: for Netflix, though, we'll, so, you know, it's not a film.
0: Oh, so it's not a film. It's not a film. No, no, because oh, a lot people got access nice Anyway, um, so, no, I, I, it's Ben Wheatley's Rebecca as well. That's the interesting yeah. part to me. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm intrigued to see how this goes. The
1: only reason I will give it a chance is because Free Fire wasn't that bad.
0: Oh, did you get sick in there? I
1: did, indeed. Did you enjoy I did quite enjoy it. I don't think I'll watch it again. Hmm. But it was, like, it was worth a watch.
0: I couldn't get him to sit through more than five minutes of it. Yeah, she, she, she literally just said, "No, I'm bored of this."
1: Did She just put her hands up, none, walk out the room.
0: No, that's what I do. <laughs> what was it? Oh God, do you know I actually did that in a screening at uni.
1: Yeah, what was it for?
0: Romance and cigarettes. Oh,
1: the I don't the know like that
0: 2003, is. I think, black and white rom com with like Ugh. an all star cast, and I had to go somewhere. Like I was just like. You know what? It's new comic book day or something like that. Like, I'm going to go and pick up comic books, <laughs> and I I, I I literally went and walked from the showroom to like Forbidden Planet and picked up my my, my standing order. I used to have a standing order back in those so days. Cool. You know, like that. My weekly pickup of like ten comic books. Were you like the
1: guy, words. like that. Instead of walking into the coffee shop and the and the barista goes, "Here's your order," and like walk straight past the queue. You were like that, but with comic books.
0: Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Nothing knew who I was, you know, but. Uh, I think it was more that I would just rock up with like friends of mine at the hubs the, the of the student union afterwards. <laughs> and like everyone would have like the things they'd been out and bought that morning. Like everyone would have like their HMV bag with their two CDs in it. And, There's you know, always
1: three for ten. Come on. Oh,
0: three for ten. Sorry. Sorry. That tells you how I have touch them. I don't <laughs> buy CDs.
1: <laughs> I actually me, it with DVDs.
0: I haven't seen a CD in years. That's
1: true. Are they still yeah, a thing? I think
0: they are still Can a you thing. We
1: buy them. Is HMV still a thing?
0: Oh, oh God! Hang on, right. First of all, HMV is still a thing, and also CDs are a thing. My mum still buys CDs, right? Every Christmas. Ah,
1: oh, that's who's buying them.
0: She gives us our, She gives us her list every Christmas, and on the list there's usually like three or four CDs, and we have to very specifically buy the CDs. Now, she never listens to those CDs. Mm. Now, usually at about, usually about two o'clock in the afternoon on Christmas Day, she will take her stack of newly acquired gifted CDs, mm-hmm. still in their shrink wrap, hand them to me and say, stick those in the computer, will you, dear? <laughs> and sorry, my love, stick those in the computer, will you, my love? And I will. And that's literally it. I will, I will take the shrink wrap off. I will put them into the, the external super drive thing that plugs into that two-inch, two-millimeter-thick Mac iMac thing she has. Mm -hmm. She's got one of those ridiculous paper-thin iMacs. Oh, yeah. And we've got the USB, and you have to put them in, and it takes, like, a minute and a half to import this CD, because it's automated, because I set it up. And it imports it, and then that's it. We never see the CD. It goes in the cupboard, and that's it. We never see the CD again.
1: Cool story, bro.
0: I asked her, why do, why do we do this? Every year we spend like 75 quid on CDs. Because it's tradition. Why do we do this? Her actual answer, in case the computer ever crashes.
1: Oh, for God's sake.
0: I mean... Your mum
1: doesn't listen to this, Right.
0: Of course she doesn't
1: <laughs> then for god's sake if you were related
0: then. to me would you listen to any of the shit listen to or watch any of shit i do
1: i'm not related and i don't listen
0: to exactly it. there you go <laughs> should we
1: um should we touch upon eddie redmayne again
0: right what's eddie redmayne done now
1: he's basically admitted that that ridiculous role in jupiter ascending or whatever the balls it was called i
0: create life. And I dig it away. <laughs> he
1: basically <laughs> has admitted that it it's was crap. it was a big mistake, but he did try to give an explanation for the ridiculous voice, and that's because his character had had his larynx ripped out by this Wolfman, and so he made the slightly bold oh, choice. Hang on, Wolfman
0: is is Wolfman not portraying him? Yeah,
1: maybe it was a different Wolfman. I don't know, um, but he says um, I want to. Prize for the worst performance of the year. So yeah, it was pretty bad performance by all accounts. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was. It was pretty goddamn awful. Not gonna lie. I create life, and I destroy it. Cheers, Eddie. <laughs> Cheers, Eddie. Yeah, it may, it, may have, it may have been misjudged. <laughs> may have been misjudged. Do you see, um, uh, uh, what do you call him, Tom Hiddleston Uh, came out this week and sort of officially confirmed the Loki thing. Yes. Like, none of the other ones have been confirmed, but like, Loki, that's, that's a that's thing. Happening, that's That's yeah. definitely happening. That's definitely happening.
1: Um, I don't know how I feel about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm up for if it's a prequel.
1: <sighs>
0: as long but as I it's. But I quite
1: like Loki when he's like. He's not totally bad Loki.
0: I can't... Because I think that there is an untapped part of the Loki story. And it's that point between Thor and Avengers. Yeah. It's that where he's, he's dead, he's been kicked off the Rainbow Bridge. Yeah. But he's in Stolen Skarsgård's head. And yeah. he somehow has to meet Thanos and get the Mind Stone in the scepter thing. I guess. Because I feel like there is enough to that where you could actually just do a story of Loki as a survivor...
1: I guess.
0: You know, I, just as a survivor, just as a, a complete long con man.
1: Mm.
0: And I kind of like, because Loki isn't inherently bad.
1: But that's why I prefer when he's more just sort of naughty Loki.
0: That's it. Naughty Loki, I really do think there is potential. Like, I would watch eight hours of that on the streaming platform. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Me too. I mean, I'd rather watch eight hours of, you know, Valkyrie and Corgan Meek. Oh, me but, too. Uh, you know. Is what it is. Um,
1: Hashtag Meek for Life.
0: You know, we're getting a completely pointless, no one asked for this reboot of Child's Play.
1: Oh, the one where it's not really child's play.
0: The one where it's not child's play; it's actually small soldiers.
1: Yes, but that, yeah,
0: one. that one. Yeah. Um, well, we've got a poster for it. Oh, great! Which weirdly looks like it's you know a still image from Child's Play Two, begging the question: Why are you doing this? But um, no one cares. No one cares. It's got a release date as well, June twenty first next year. No one so,
1: cares. Eh, I don't Should know. we do the final review of the week?
0: Oh, what is the final review this week?
1: It's something about being dead in a week or your oh, money back.
0: dead in a week or your money back. Okay, so, right. This is a movie. This This stars uh, Tom Wilkinson as a hitman who sort of accidentally wanders into the path of a young, let's just say Morrissey-inspired man Ugh. who really wants to kill himself because he doesn't think he's got anything to live for, um, but he keeps Cheery. failing.
1: Hmm? Cheery.
0: Cheery. He keeps failing, so he hires a hitman and literally, if he doesn't kill him in a week, he gets his money back. And it's like, he's had nine unsuccessful attempts. That's the thing.
1: Well, he really is a loser.
0: He really is. He, here's a clip. I failed so many times I thought I'd outsource it. Sorry, I was having a sandwich. You're not what I imagined. Meet many assassins, do you? An assassin is not just a man with a gun. they are not murderers. We're professionals. I'm not quite dead. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, Mrs. Raymond. I'll have another go.
1: And if you're not dead within a week,
0: you get your money back. Okay. Aha! Uh-huh. How was that? Because the clever title, because that's the title of the movie. Oh, man. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh, no, no, it's, it's it's not good. It's not good at all. It's like, Tom Wilkinson's good, isn't it? Um, but, uh... I don't think that says much. Yeah, I mean, like... Christopher Eccleston's terrible in this. Do you know how hard it is to make Christopher Eccleston bad in something? Well, you've got to try fairly hard, I guess. I mean, Heroes barely managed it.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, he was in Heroes. He was in
0: Heroes, wasn't he? That was his first post Doctor Who role as well. Connect. But uh, yeah, it doesn't work. It's not funny. It's not clever. It's not insightful. Um, particularly look worth it It's
1: meant to be funny, I take it.
0: I think it's meant to be. It's meant to have a bit of madcap energy to it. It never quite comes, and the problem is it's a film about someone who really wants to kill themselves, and you start thinking the whole time, this is like 90 minutes of my life. I don't know if that's a justifiable expense on the punt that this might get better or if I might not have been better taking my own life. Ooh, gosh. Uh, yeah. do, we, do we
1: learn something from it?
0: We learn nothing. Uh, oh, what's good. his name? Uh, uh, Nurin Barnard, who plays the uh, male lead. Uh, not a fan of his. Not if huh. I didn't do anything for him. I thought Tom Wilkinson just fine. Tom Wilkinson's fine.
1: Uh, again, though, he's got to try pretty hard to be terrible. Cause he, do you remember he was in that, that really awful Vince Vaughn film?
0: Oh, God, which go, one? The,
1: where they go to Europe there's like oh
0: yeah you know the
1: one yeah,
0: yeah, I yeah the one with, with the three co-workers yes. yeah another one and
1: Dave Franco was he in yes, it yes
0: Dave Franco was the young one Tom Wilkinson was the old one
1: yeah and oh, like that God. was terrible that but, was, that was, but, was but bad. Tom Wilkinson was, was fine, fine.
0: Wasn't it Frost in that or something?
1: Yeah, Yes, in the toilet. It was like a German Did
0: you go to a gay glory, guy. Or, yeah, Glory Hole or yeah. something, wasn't it? Yeah. And they wound up that in like an, installation, an art installation We were hotel.
1: honestly genuinely making this film sound a lot better than
0: like, it I is. remember that. I do not remember what it was called.
1: Yes, because they stayed in the hotel where they were actually it's being It's an observed. art exhibit, yeah. Yeah, they were the exhibit, yeah.
0: I God. cannot not remember the hell that was called.
1: I don't know.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I'm going to look it up while we talk the, about other things. The
0: work things. trip? Wasn't the that wi- the business um, trip?
1: Oh, that sounds like it. Oh, my God. It.
0: We had a laptop case. Do you remember? They sent us laptop cases for it.
1: Oh, i blocked that out clearly. Oh,
0: God. We got T-shirts and laptop cases for it. Oh, my God. I can't remember what the hell it was called. I'll look it up. Don't worry. Vince Vaughn movies always get a ton of merchandise sent out for them. Remember that movie Delivery Man, where he was the sperm donor? Do
1: you know, I I only watch, and that's one of my films, my go-to to to try and fall asleep to, and the only reason is because Chris Pratt's in it, and I love him.
0: Is, Is it the sexual anguish that just puts you to sleep, or...?
1: I don't know, I just love it. Man,
0: okay. I was thinking about Chris Pratt in the movie uh, movie 43 last night, actually.
1: Oh, don't do that.
0: Yeah, in you know that sequence where it's the whole I want you to poop on me thing.
1: It's awful. Yes. Unfinished business. Unfinished,
0: unfinished business? That sounds about right, yeah. So, I don't know if you're aware of this, do you know that we're getting... <laughs> a computer animated reboot of Garfield. Why? Uh, because but we already have that. No, no, because we live in a godless universe. We're out shaken back, and nobody learns a goddamn thing. <laughs> okay, that's why uh, the director of Chicken Little and The Emperor's New Groove, Mark Dindal, is going to helm this one. Um, it has one of the despicable me producers on it. I assume that's why this exists. Sure.
1: Why
0: not? Yeah. In other you know news, speaking of reboots, um, <laughs> one that they were attempting to do for a good long while,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm I'm very glad to say that they're not gonna do. Well, they're not gonna do it, what, and that is the big screen reboot. They're not gonna do that. They're not gonna do Alf.
1: Oh, thank God for that. I
0: know, because like, what, what? Who is still around that remembers
1: Alf? Yeah. Like, I don't even remember Alf. I'm just aware of Alf.
0: Like Alf is back in park form. What? You know, one of those things. Like, what? 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 No. What's Alf got to do with anything? Sheesh. Nobody wants to see Alf anymore. No,
1: we've moved on.
0: He's a curio, isn't he? Yeah. Um. You know, they're making a movie out of Doctor Sleep. That that novel that was written as a sequel to The Shining.
1: No, I did not. Well, did Doctor, or did I?
0: Doctor Sleep's mm-hmm. been made into a movie. Hugh McGregor's going to star in it. Uh, Jacob Tremblay is going to be in it as oh, well.
1: Oh, the kid from. Uh, the Predator. Insidious. Oh, I
0: don't know how he's in that. Don't, don't name a better film. He was in The Predator. <laughs> I don't Absolutely. care. I don't care that he was in Room. I don't, oh, yes, of course he was in Room. I don't room. care that he was phenomenal in Room. My God. I don't care that he stole my heart in wonder or that he brought me to tears in the book of Henry, <laughs> largely because the film was that bad.
1: Mm, but, yes, no,
0: no, he is the star of The Predator, darling.
1: <laughs> and we shall remember him for always.
0: Oh, do you know what I? Uh, I lost my temper with my landlord and smashed a doorframe in my house last week whilst watching The Predator.
1: And those are directly related. Didn't no,
0: you? actually, the thing is, I was. I, I, I don't. I don't want to like own up to this like too too explicitly, but I, I felt like I kind of lost a lot of anger at the Predator doing that. I couldn't feel my hand for two days. It was great. <laughs> Excellent. But uh, apparently Michelle Yeoh is going to get her own Star Trek series.
1: Michelle Yeoh.
0: I love Michelle. Oh, you've seen Crazy Crazy Rich Asians now. I
1: have, indeed.
0: And uh, she is very good in
1: that. I think everybody's very good in that. I think it sort of goes without saying. Did we mention that we like that film?
0: I love that movie so much. I might much. watch it again tonight. I love Crazy Rich Asians. It's
1: just so good. And I love all the, oh. like, covers of all oh, the Oh, the pop songs. Yeah. Yeah,
0: like Material Girl. Yes, and, yeah, all the kind of
1: Asian covers. I love all right, it.
0: All right, hang on. Can I, can I have this out, though? Right, because Emma and I didn't talk about this, mm. and I really expected she'd bring it up. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I think less of her because she didn't.
1: Oh, oh dear. but dear. Uh, that's you, a lot you know of pressure. That,
0: you, know, you know that wedding that they, they spent 30 mil on or whatever? Which is
1: hilarious.
0: Right, can we just point out just how crappy is that wedding dress?
1: Oh, my God. It is the worst dress I've it is, ever isn't seen. It? And, like, the weird boots that she's wearing. Yeah. And I was like, what? You spent all this money on this like, Bitch, you're wearing barbed boots. What's what going on, man? This? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like, you spent all this on this wedding. You had water. And you look
1: like a cheap hooker. Who's sort no, of no, been no, she looks like a Lady like a Gaga
0: knockoff. Is what she looks she like. She
1: also looks like that, but some would argue those are the same thing. <laughs> anyway, yes, it was terrible. Terrible
0: wedding dress, isn't it?
1: Very, very bad.
0: But uh, I don't know. Margot Robbie. Though, I'd fall in love with Constance Wu after that as well. No, well, true. Yeah, what's Margaret Robbie doing now?
1: Um, she is in talks to develop uh, the novel *Barbed Wire Heart* into a film. I don't know, whatever. So some, she's okay. I'd have never heard of this, but apparently, it follows uh, Harley McKenna, who is daughter of a meth dealing killer, groomed for the family business since she was sixteen. And various other things about family who killed the mom and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I assume that she's in talks to to play said lead, but... (laughs) Well,
0: of course she is. That's what Margaret Robbie does. Basically, she's a a perfectly capable actress who happens to be gorgeous and has a really good agent who at some point told her, you know what, after that Scorsese one in which you, uh, you know, showed a lot of skin, you can uh, pretty much command a producer credit now. Yeah. That's basically what that means. A Good producer lecture. credit doesn't actually mean anything.
1: I was going to say, what does this even mean if she's going to produce it? Like, a so producer she credit? She sits in a room at some point and has a conversation. Uh,
0: or actually, no, the one that doesn't mean anything is executive producer.
1: Ah, okay. That's the one. Okay.
0: That's the one where it's just, oh, they, they go to the gym together. Yeah. You know, that, that's that credit. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. like, you know, Tobey Maguire turning up as an executive producer on Leonardo DiCaprio movie. That's mm-hmm. just like, ah, it's his buddy.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, that shit. Yeah. It's
0: basically that. Um, let's oh, see what God. else we got. Um, oh, um, you know Veronica, Veronica Mars is being rebooted. You know this?
1: Oh, I did not.
0: The only reason I mention this to you is uh, Matt Greenfield. <gasps> Schmitt, love him. Schmidt. Yeah. Uh, he will be returning for it. That's one thing coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy Irons has joined the TV show version of Watchman. We don't know what oh. that's going to be about, but apparently he is playing Ozymandias, which was Matthew Good's character in the in the movie, the, the, the Zack Snyder movie.
1: Genuinely can't remember anything about that film. Did we talk about Apart Once Upon Apart from Blue Penis.
0: Oh, yes, Blue Penis. Lots of Blue Penis. Um, we talked about Once Upon a Deadpool last week, didn't we? We
1: did, uh, indeed.
0: I think it's December 11th, I think it is offhand, one night only UK release.
1: One night only.
0: And in proof that there is no such thing as a god... Mm-hmm. And uh, we are all in fact shaved chimps Clinging to a rock that is hurtling aimlessly through the universe Spiralling out of control mm-hmm. Whilst its main and primary heat and light source Continues to spiral ever closer towards its own eternal demise Thus freezing us all to death Connecting us to the instant br- embrace of our own fate um, I should point out Venom, has it turned out, made money in China
1: I genuinely thought you were going to talk about Detective Pikachu, then.
0: Oh, no, no, no. Detective (laughs) Pikachu, that's fine. I respect the artistic reasons. I do. I absolutely respect, from an artistic and cinematic reason, why the world might have needed a movie about Detective Pikachu starring Ryan Reynolds. I I get that. I understand that. That makes complete sense to me. Why the fuck Chinese people give a toss about Venom?
1: Yeah, I was trying to figure it out. There's no... Links to China, as far as I can remember, nope. apart from Chinatown is kind of in it at some point. Is it? I think I someone know. goes past Chinatown in San Francisco. Maybe. Maybe I'm making that up completely. I think I think. Maybe it's Vietnam town. Because <laughs> the lady comes over from Vietnam. Is not- it Vietnam? I don't know.
0: I Who have knows? no idea anymore. I, I I've forgotten a lot of venom, and I think my life's better for it. If I'm honest, yeah, probably. But uh, okay, I'm gonna give you a plug before we finish because I, I start my new thing this week.
1: Ah, uh, so, yes,
0: me movies week,
1: me movies. Okay,
0: so you're gonna get an animated cartoon head version of me reviewing movies.
1: Good, because um, no one wants to see your actual head. fan.
0: no, no. Actually, that's kind of why we came up with it because I'm very vain. <laughs> I've, I've, my hair is very fine I, it's receding it's got increasing widow's peak uh, there's some grey in there well
1: you were vampire. my beard's
0: never as full as I'd like it to be oh. I'm shorter than I'd like fatter Small than I'd like a moment, lot more Egyptian yeah. looking than I'd like And half uh, Egyptian. there is that and um, yeah so I thought why not be a real time animated
1: <laughs> and do what you do best—talk about the movies.
0: I will be the world's first real-time animated film critic. Do you know that?
1: You heard it here first, guys. I will
0: actually be. You this is this is first. so weird. I've never been the first anything.
1: Oh, I'm sure you have.
0: Well, I mean, women lie. <laughs> they lie. <laughs> they totally lie. Okay, I tell you what. Here it is. Your moment of cage. Okay, <laughs> police man, don't shoot me. I'm scared, Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you
1: better pull the trigger.